Uh, all right, so the, uh, part two today is above thinking part two. And what we're going to get into today is um, a lot of times we talk about, um, yeah, we need to be thinking above and have, a, have our thoughts above. But sometimes we never get into how. How do we do it? How do we get there? And um, so more so I want to go in depth on some steps on how to get into uh, above thinking and get ourselves in a place where we're thinking above and not on the earthly things below. Amen? And, and, the, and the power and the results that happen when we continually think above. And so I want to do just a short recap. So last week, we talked about how we are and how the world can distract us from keeping our mind in above thinking. The world can be such a distraction, right? Our, our family members, our cousins, our aunties, uh, mamas, daddies, grandpas, uh, husbands, uh, bosses, job. A lot of things can become a distraction from keeping ourselves from thinking above. Friends, school, um, um, peer pressure, all of these things can come in an attack from keeping our mind focused on the things above because guess what? The things that we're dealing with are right in our face and the enemy likes to explode and makes these things known right in our face to make, make sure that this is all we're focusing on. And because he makes it so big and so powerful and makes it so known in our face that sometimes that's all we think about is the situations and the trials and the trouble we face on a daily basis. And so he is trying to make things, his, his, his power is deception. You all know that? He has no real power, but he can deceive to make it seem like he got some power. Oh my goodness. So he wants to make sure that all of these things that we face here are a distraction. Why? So our minds can stay on thinking about things above. Um, we went into the fact that it will take keeping ourselves positioned in Christ Jesus because he gives us direct access to above thinking. Wisdom from God. Jesus is on the right hand side of who? On the right hand side of his father. So if you want to keep yourself lined up to above thinking, thinking about the things above and not the things below, and having that mindset to walk through and get through some of these things in our life, that means I want to be connected to Jesus Christ, who has the Father, God, the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the All-Knowing, huh? has all wisdom. He's sitting right next to the man. So I want to be connected to the one who knows the man. You know, you know, people want a job and different things like that. You know, you, there's sometimes you, if you know somebody who knows somebody. How many of you heard that before? You get a job because you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who can get you in, and that's how you got the job. We know somebody. Yes, sir. Who knows somebody? Yes, sir. Amen. And so uh, we read the scripture, Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter ten. Um, verse 5. We read this yesterday and I, I want to uh, make sure that we are reminded um, that there is an evil that Solomon has seen. He said he's seen under the sun the sort of error that arises from a ruler. And I want us to understand and know that God has created us to rule. Uh -huh. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. That you are made and created to rule. And to rule under his guidance. 
under his wisdom, um, he gave us dominion over the earth to bring light into a dark world. Yes. All right? Yes. But this is what Solomon saw. He saw that the ruler, um, fools are put in many high positions, while the rich occupy the low ones. Meaning that he saw the rulers who should be ruling, he saw them put foolish things in position. He saw them put the foolish things, he saw them put depression, worry, fear, doubt. All of these things were put in position to control and put in position in high places where the rich now occupy the low. And so now the rich is occupying the low situations, the low things, the, the low mindset, the in depression and stress and worry and fear when in reality, our minds and our hearts should be above. But we've been occupying the low. And then he says, I've seen slaves on horseback. We have put other things on top of the horse. We have been putting distractions and we put our boss and, and, and what people said about us on the horseback. We have allowed what people have said to our lives and said that we'll never be nothing, said that we couldn't do this, said that we couldn't do that. And we allow them, those thoughts and those negative things to ride on the horseback. And instead of them, and we allow them to ride and we're walking as slaves on the foot. Stop allowing the negative things. Stop allowing what your boss may have said, what your friends may have said, what your mom and daddy has negative things they may have put on you. Hear the good things. Hear the, hear the blessings that God is trying to do in your life. No matter if you not have a father in the home or didn't have a mother, maybe you was adopted, whatever your situation may be, don't allow those things to ride on the horse. God has made you a ruler. And God has given you strength to ride on top, to think of the things above and not on the things below. God has created us to take dominion, but there are children of God who God has been tugging on. He's been tugging on the heart, but have allowed the world, they have allowed the world to take throne in the heart and in the mind. God has been tugging on the heart of people. He's been tugging on the heart of those who should be ruling and should be moving forward and should be reaching out to others and say, hey, brother, you can make it. Hey, sister, you can overcome. Hey, brother, you can make this. You can have victory. You can see. You can move. You can look. You can walk. You can run. You can do it. But instead, they have allowed other things to sit on the throne of their heart and of their mind. Today, I want to explain the how in keeping ourselves in above thinking, which will in turn keep control of our heart and mind. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It begins and it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things. I, I want us to focus on the word set. Everyone say set. Your hearts on the things above, where correct, where who is? Right. Seated at the where? Right. And then the word, can we say said again? Set. Your mind on things where? Above. Not on what? Not on these things that are stressing you out. Not on these things that are worrying you day to day. Not on these things that are trying to take you down and, and pull you down and, and make you 
make you feel like you're unwanted, unappreciated, uh, not able to overcome. He says, stop focusing on these earthly things uh, of what you don't have and, and, and what you might need. And he says, stop focusing on these earthly things. You need to begin to see what I see. You need to begin to see what I see in you. You need to begin to see what I see in your future. Stop looking at the earthly things because the enemy wants you to see only distractions and discouragement and a life of, of being destroyed and not being able to make it and overcome. That's all he wants you to see. And the reason why he wants you to see that because he wants you to use other outlets and other ways and other things to make it out. But his way leads you to destruction. So it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What he's saying is that when you trust in God and you believe in him and you begin to walk in him yes, and you trust in him, he says you died to these earthly things. Your view is different now. Your eyesight is different now. You see things differently now. And you're hiding in Christ Jesus. And he is your protection. He is your love. He is the one you can trust in. He is the one that can drive you and push you in the direction you need to go. And guess what? He is the one that's going to help you overcome every obstacle in your life. He said, I'm going to keep you hidden with Christ and God. So we begin with the word set. The Greek word set in the verse is to seek after, strive for, be intent on. Meaning that this is not just a normal thing. This is not just uh, you work out for a day and you stop. How many of y'all don't raise your hand? Y'all been there? Oh, I'm really gonna work out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And you work out for two, three days, and it's like, oh man. You can't get nowhere like that, right? You can't see results that way. You can't see results by starting and then stopping, starting and then stopping. You have to do a what? Daily. You want to start seeing results in your workout and, and, uh, and the way you eat? You have to do it on a daily basis. And what he's saying is saying, he says, set your heart. Meaning seek after, strive, be on the tent. It tells us this might be a way to choose. This is a lifestyle. It's not something that just occurs one time and we can forget about it. No, we have to remember it and daily set our mind when we wake up in the morning to set our heart and our mind on Jesus Christ and the direction he has for our life. It is not something that we can just do once in a while. It's a way of living that allows us to be set free. Everyone say set free. From the things of this world that will seek to hold us, there are things in the world that wants to hold us. I want you to know and understand there are things in this world that wants to hold you and keep you right where you are to where you cannot move and have the mindset on the things above. The enemy is afraid of you to begin to start thinking about the above things because when he knows that you have a connection with the things above, he knows that now you have the power to overcome the things below. Oh yeah. So he's trying to hold us back. He's trying to keep us down. 
around. And if you ever started working out before, doesn't it seem like the temptation gets so thick? It just seemed like the Whopper looks a little bit better. It just seemed like the arches, the golden arches, just to seem to glow a lot brighter. Like I could see McDonald's 20, 30 miles away. Did you see it, son? I see the arches. My boy is like, I don't see it, but I'm trying to do better, and I see it everywhere. <laughs> this is what the enemy does. As soon as you start saying and buckling down and say, Danny, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to strive. I'm going to push. I'm going to search. I'm going to run. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to have an intent in my heart daily to worship you. Then the friends start coming around. Then the calls start happening. Then people that get on your nerves start getting on your nerves on 1020. Then they start, people all oh, now your boss looking at you straight. And it was just a normal conversation. Now all of a sudden when you start focusing on God daily, now it seems like the boss is eyeing you in a way that you never heard, seen him eye you before. What's going on? It's because the enemy is trying to, he's, he's making it bright. And he's trying to show you, and he's trying to uh, uh, bring things to your attention to distract you from staying daily and focusing on the strive and the intent of what God has for your life. Now it seems like your husband getting on your nerves a little bit harder. Now it seems like the wife is getting on your nerves a little bit more. What is going on? Now it seems like your kids are doing extra. Now it seems like you go to the grocery store and the talent is looking at you wrong. What is going on, Jesus? Why is everything... Falling out, I was calling my wife and said, Baby, people are falling out. 
She said, honey, there's cookies here. There's bananas here at the finish line. There's water at the And so she was telling me this. Babe, I'm talking, I'm going to make it. I thank God I took time to prepare. Huh? What if life, what if life was a marathon, meaning that in order for you to eat to do anything, you had to run a race. You had to run the marathon, and you had to get to the finish line. And if you didn't practice daily to prepare yourself, you would not make it to the end. What God is trying to show us, he's telling us, you must have a strive set daily because life is like a marathon. Every day, the enemy is trying to hold you back. He's making the sun be a little hotter. He's making things just distraction, the environment seems crazy around you. That's why he says prepare yourself, set daily, strive to seek my face for the things above. You gotta make it an attempt in your heart to do it daily. And that's why sometimes we fall out. We lose ourselves. And we say, God forgive me, help me. And he says, seek me daily. So three things, actually six things, but we're only doing three today, all right? Because I know y'all want to go home. Amen. Y'all don't answer that. Don't answer that. Amen. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Uh, so, John, boy, you up there asleep? See, he got shot for too many paintballs yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> um, John, go to the one that says it has the six points. Okay, so three points today. Um, we're gonna, uh, so next week we're gonna continue this on part three, but you must make the choice to guard your heart and mind daily. Amen? Recognize this is bigger than you, above thinking. A result of one or two, whose voice will you follow? All right? And so, Let's go to Philippians, son. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, do not be anxious, all right, about anything. You know, you know what anxious means? It's, an, it's experiencing worry. You're uneasy. It's a nervousness. You're jumping, all right? And uh, when you're anxious, if you ever had a child who was anxious? And you're like, be still. Because they become a distraction, right? Especially if you're in the car and you're driving, they could cause an accident because they're anxious and they're nervous and they're jumping and you're like, be still. Don't make me pull this what? Don't make me pull it over. Why? Because you are a distraction right now and I don't want to be turning around. Huh? Now, the mother's got that skill, though. They can drive and steal. <laughs> Just keep on going. <laughs> How does she do that? <laughs> huh? <laughs> it says, don't be anxious as a child. Meaning, meaning like, being jumpy and nervous. I, listen, I don't ever want to, if I ever had to go to war, you don't want to be by nobody that's jumping. You don't want to be by nobody that's nervous. They can't help you. Huh? Somebody who's anxious and they jumping and everything is, ah, ah, ah. You're like, be still. You're going to get his car. You're going to get his kill. When your God says, stop being so anxious and uneasy, you can hurt somebody. Amen. 
somebody by being in your worry, by being in your depression, by being in your stress, by being jumpy, by being nervous. You can turn around and kill somebody on accident. You can kill their spirit. You can destroy their heart. Why? Because you nervous and you jumpy and you anxious and you... Somebody said, be still. God is saying stop being anxious because it's not about you. It's not just about stop being so anxious when you're uneasy. You're not guarded from saying or doing something out of line because you're irritated and you're jumpy and you're uneasy. So when, you, when you start feeling that irritation, please just stop and pause. Yes. Yes. Say, God, help me right now. I feel it. Y'all know when y'all feel it. You start knowing when you start feeling irritated. Y'all need to pause and begin to pray. Help me, Holy Spirit. I feel the irritation rising in me. I don't want to go up in the store with this irritation, Lord Jesus. Because I know what Susan is about to do. I know she's going to look at me funny and strange. So God, help me right now. Huh? Help me before I go around this drive-thru at McDonald's. Help me, Jesus. Because I know they turn off the lights early and they know they open. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Man, I promise you one night, my wife and I, we were so hungry. We was hungry. We were driving. And I was like, I know they don't close until 11. Why is every light off at McDonald's? And I'm driving, and we literally seeing people in the drive-thru sitting there. And I'm like, man, they determined. They like, they is not going to answer the, the intercom. And we just sat there, and we sat there, and sat there. And matter of fact, one of them was Laura's teacher. She was sitting there. I was like, that's Laura's teacher. He was just sitting there. And we drove around, and we saw it was just kids up in there laughing and talking. I'm like, turn on the lights. Feed me. We, we left. We go somewhere else, man. Irritated. So I'm walking out here. Huh? We get irritated sometimes. And, and, and we cannot keep ourselves in that uneasiness and that jumpiness and that worrying. Listen, let me tell you something. Because my wife and I ran into that same situation at KFC. Man, why is this message about food today? This is what's going on. I got the health and wellness crew over there looking at me. My goodness. So we was <laughs> at KFC. We was at KFC. Right? And uh, they was taking all day with the order. They was taking all day. And, and my, we was just patiently pulled up. And, um, and, and it was a, to a way where you'd be like, listen, I'm about to get out this car and go up in the store and find out what's going on with my food. All right, that's how long the wait was. And so we were waiting. We just paid. We just patient. I said, man, just be patient. Let's just wait. I said, let's be patient. And, uh, and, uh, and not that my wife was uh, angry or nothing like that, but I, I just kind of tapped her and rubbed her back a little bit. You know, you know how you rub? We're going to eat. We're going we to get this chicken. <laughs> so, so we wait, and then the lady came out, and she said, Did I tell the story before? No. And she said, and she said, uh, she said, I am so sorry. She said, I don't have no help here. She said, I barely have any help. We cannot find good help. They're looking for good people to work. And they can't find none. And people walking around, there ain't no job. We don't go. Okay. Man, people are looking 
for good people to come and work and job. And so we was in the, and when she came out, she apologized. She said, I'm, she said, you all are so nice. You all are so patient. She said, hold on. She went back. She gave us so much chicken. She doubled and tripled the blessing of chicken. I think we ate chicken for two days. But she was, guess what? She was shocked on how patient that we didn't get nervous, that we didn't get jumpy, that we didn't get anxious, that we wouldn't have a frown on our face. Because she said, I've been getting that all day. You have been the only people to not be anxious and jumpy and nervous. And guess what that did? That that showed her something. And then we'd be able to talk a little bit about church. Yeah, we're from great. Oh, Jesus. We were able to share who we are in Christ Jesus because we didn't get anxious. Say somebody say stop being anxious. God is, is telling us is that if you want to have that above thinking, your mindset is just not on the chicken. Your mindset is on how can I be a blessing to this individual by being patient and showing some love and showing some kindness instead of start getting irritated every time somebody do something or I don't get what I want my way. Above thinking says, listen, can I help somebody in my patience? Can I help somebody in my love? Can I help somebody in my joy? Can I help somebody in, in, in my, in, in, with self-control? Can I help somebody with self-control? Jesus. Because that's above thinking. You're thinking about the individual, about pulling them to closer to Jesus. And then he says, but in everything, everyone say, by prayer. And supplication, meaning that your requests be known to God, all right? So with, instead of being anxious and irritated, what did I tell you to do? It is time for you to pray. You want to start having the things above and start thinking of God. As soon as that anxiousness and that jumpiness and that nervousness start happening, sit down and say, Lord God, help me in the name of Jesus. Because I don't want that to be, what I don't want negativity coming out of me. Huh? I want hope and love to come out of me when I speak. Lord God, even, even when I say no, I, sometimes you, you can say no, but you can say no in love. Huh? Don't, have, don't let me have an attitude when I have to say no sometimes. It says we must be careful not to ask what we think will bring us peace. Huh? Sometimes we ask, Lord God, a car will bring me peace, a house will bring me peace, this will bring peace. God's like, do you not know? I know what's going to bring you peace. It says, but present your situation. So present your situation to God. Say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Give me wisdom and knowledge on how to make it through because you see things above up there that I can't see. And when I attach myself to the things above, you're looking down below and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your victory going this way. I see your victory. So listen, let me share with you what's going to cause you and help you get to your victory because I'm seeing things from above. Jesus, thank you. Because I see the situation. I am present. I am up there. And I can give you wisdom on what you need to make it. And then he says, praise me. He said, and with thanksgiving, give me glory when you ask me for your requests. After you ask me to help you with your irritation and your frustration and your situation, give me some praise because I see your victory. Give me 
praise because I see you overcoming. I see your help. I see it. Give me some praise because I'm about to give it to you. I'm going to show you. And it says, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, and knowing that he knows, and knowing that he's above, and knowing that the above thinking is up there, and the wisdom is up there for you to get through. He said, and the peace of God, which surpasses how much understanding? How much understanding? All. All understanding. You may not understand, but God knows all understanding. He understands what's going to help me get through. He said, this will guard your heart and your mind. That's number one when you're thinking about things above, is that he will guard your heart and mind when you're doing Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7. I hope somebody is writing that down. He will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. That's how we keep our mind and stay daily on the things above. Lead me to Jesus to make better decisions. Let not the toxic attitudes or relationships drag me down. He will guide you into healthy new places. If we don't do this daily throughout our day, the trials of this world will block us from above thinking. Do you know what it means when we say God is holy? Holy means dedicated. Do you not know that God is dedicated in helping us grow? He's dedicated. The second thing, recognize this is bigger than me. Above thinking. The verse says in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all my heart. And do not lean on your what? They're going to understand it. In all your ways, acknowledge who? And he will make, say make, your path. Oh, this is about to be good up in here. He said he will make your path straight. Whose path? Whose path? He's going to make it straight. Meaning that there are some situations and some crooked, crooked situations that you may be going through. There's some crooked stuff and all you see is crookedness. Oh, man, how am I get through this? It looks crooked. It looks crazy. Nobody's showing no love over here. People hate me over there. Things are not going good. Things are not going. It looks crooked. And God, I'm walking through this situation. I'm walking through this situation right now. But I want us to understand is that the situation is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. And once we realize that it's bigger than me, you realize that I need to trust the Lord while I'm going through, while I'm facing these difficult situations. What happens is, what happens is, when we try to make our own path straight, we jack it up, we mess it up. We're trying to fix it and it bends over here. We're trying to fix it and it bends over there. And then we find ourselves walking in the wrong direction, walking into dead ends. But God is saying, if you trust me, I will make, everyone say make, your path straight. Meaning that I will look at the path and I will straighten it up for you. So while you are going through your situation, the path keeps getting better. It may look crooked now, but as you trust in me and as you put your faith in me, the path begins to straighten up every step that you take. When it looks crooked, God will make it better for your own. God, have mercy. Listen, when, when someone is hurt, or maybe an accident happened, and they land down, right? What do they tell you not to do? Huh? Why? 
They tell you, don't move, don't move, don't touch, don't move, don't move. Tell me, don't move. Why? Because there might be something internal, there might be something broken, that if you try to move them and make it straight, you can make it worse. Because guess what? You're not a doctor. And you don't know what you're doing. And you're trying to figure it out. And if you move in the wrong way, you can make the situation, you can break whatever is broken or whatever is internal wrong. You can make it worse by moving them. What I'm trying to get us to see it today is stop trying to get up and move and do things on your own. When you trust the master, the one who understands, the doctor, the one who knows how to make it straight, stop once you try to do it, you mess it up even more. You break it even more. But let the doctor handle it. Trust them. Say, ah, don't touch me. I'm waiting for God to show me. Because he knows how to make the path straight. He knows how to make it right. I'm hearing my wisdom from him. So in your above thinking, when you're thinking on the things above, you have to trust God while looking at the crooked. You have to trust God while looking at the bad situation. And to build your mind on the things above, you're trusting God, he will make it straight. Won't he do it? He will make it straight. And when God makes it straight, you can walk with confidence. It's bigger than you because people need to see you trust in God. And no matter what it looks like, feels like, smells like, God is able. Huh? The situation may stink, huh? The situation may look ugly. The situation may look impossible, but people need to see your testimony. It's because you trusted in God the Almighty. He has made the situation where I can walk in confidence, where I believe and know that God is gonna make this thing right. And people are gonna wonder why you can keep a smile on your face, why you are going through. It's because you trust the Almighty God. This is bigger than me. God is gonna show the world through my life, through my walk, that God is great. Yeah, that God is awesome, awesome. that he's mighty. Listen, I know it can be a battle to trust God, that God's ways are better. We might think he missed it. We might think he forgot us, or he hasn't, or he doesn't really care, or understand how difficult this world might be. Jesus understands more than all of us can ever know. Do you know, I, Jesus even had it worse. You know why? Because, listen, he had the power to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. He had the worst. He had the worst temptation ever. Imagine you having, imagine you being able to turn a bread or rocks into bread when you got hungry. Imagine you being able to jump off a cliff and just allowing the angels to let you, let it take down. You know, man, I know some people that take advantage of that for. Huh? Jesus had a, the temptation was on him even worse. Why? Because he had the power to do whatever he truly wanted to do. He had the power to get many women if he wanted it. Huh? He had the power, man, he could look at a girl, she's like, oh my God, she's so fine. Huh? He had the power. He had the power to make himself look divine. Huh? To change his face to whatever he wanted to change his face. He had the power. So his temptation, the, the enemy was offering him all this stuff. He said, God, you can jump off the cliff. You can do all this. God said, no, 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 I'm doing what my father said. Yeah. 
Because he's going to make my path straight. And he's teaching us, no matter how much power we think we have, stop trying to make your, you might have the power to slap somebody. You might have the power to tell somebody off. You might have the power to get in that grip. I got them. I got them. Yeah, you might have the power to do all that. But guess what? It's by your power and not his. And by your power, you cannot change nobody's life. Amen. Amen. The last thing is a result of one and two. Whose voice will you follow? God's or Satan's lies? John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Shall make you free. Shall set you free. See, the Jews said, we are not in bondage. The Jews were like, God, we're not in bondage. What you talking about? He's saying, listen, you are bondage under what, what you are under the, the, the bondage of sin. You are under the bondage of this world of, of looking down below and not seeing the things above. You are under bondage. And as I follow one and two, his voice becomes stronger. And as I keep walking towards him, his voice becomes clearer. Everyone says, tells you, you got to hear God's voice. How do you hear God's voice? By daily seeking his face, by daily praying and requesting from God your situation. And the more you do it and the closer you get to him, the stronger his voice will be in your heart and your mind. The stronger his voice will be and say, no, 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 don't go that way. No, 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 don't say that. No, 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 you got to say this. No, 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 no. Huh? Don't say nothing here. Your, his voice becomes clear. The power of the Holy Spirit begins to drive you even more. And that's why we have to be patient with people and stop judging them. Because they, when we help them get closer to God, help them get closer to his voice, because the more that they hear his voice and the louder it becomes, the more they are able to identify their choices on a daily basis when they make. So let us encourage one another. Get into God more. Seek his face more on a daily basis. Set your mind more so his voice can be heard more. Listen, my children can't hear my voice if I'm so far away. Ah, John do this. But as he gets closer to me, as it, John, watch out. Oh, okay, Dad. As you see God face daily, and as you seek him on a daily basis, and as you know that this stuff is bigger than you, and, and allowing him to trust him and guide your life, you are going to hear his voice. He's, when he tells you to duck, when he tells you to move, when he tells you to stand still and know that I am God, you can hear him. You can hear him. Let us stand.